So let's get in being prepared. You know what I like? What did you all recognize about the guy doing all the dancing? You know, what did you think about? You know, what I think about is somebody has been in church and, and they don't know who they are and they're just always going, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then anything can trip them up. They're not ready. So we got to get ready. Look at somebody and say, it's time to get ready. It's time to be prepared. You know, the Bible likens that, that we need to prepare like an athlete, that we need to prepare like a boxer or like a runner or like a soldier even. Paul told Timothy to endure as a good soldier. Hmm? Paul said, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to run the course. I'm going to run the race. I'm going to be like the athlete. I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to go by the rules. How I many of you know what the rules are? Uh, you didn't even think about, well, I don't know. There are rules to life, God's rules. God's ways are better. The world's ways will kill you. Oh, they may be fun. You'd be like that guy dancing around, and then you, you knocked out on the ground and wonder what happened because you're doing it the world's way. Just, okay, y'all getting quiet on me. So, so you, the, uh, the subtitles, you are what you eat. And I'm not talking physically, but an athlete has to eat correctly. If you go, I, what I, I've talked to Marines, when they go to Marine Corps, they make them clean their plate because they're fixing to work it out of them. Huh? They're going to work it out of them, and an athlete has to eat correctly, he has to train correctly, has to even sleep correctly. How I many you know that you can sleep too long? I mean, you know, I've told you several times, the church has been asleep for 50 years. It's time to wake up, church. And I'm talking about us. We want to be ready. We don't want the move of God, the last move of God to pass us by. We want to recognize it. That's why we need to be ready, right? That's where this, all this, this sermon came from. We need to be prepared, be ready. Because there are going to be people, there are going to be people run up to you and say, I need to know Jesus. Are you ready to tell them? There's a huge church there in uh, Alabama and the youth pastor was walking down the halls on a Sunday and this kid runs up to him about 18 says tell me about this Jesus I need to get saved and the youth pastor went uh uh he goes that's all right I'll find somebody else he didn't think he knew because he wasn't prepared to answer the Bible says we need to be prepared to give an answer for what we believe and who we are. So I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit today. And so our foundation scripture is 2 Peter 1 and 2. And it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. I mean, y'all want grace and peace. Unmerited favor and the peace of God. It's multiplied through the knowledge of God. Grace and peace just don't come. Matter of fact, it, it's here. But if you don't acknowledge it, you won't get it. Knowledge. Through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. As his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to glory of virtue. There is knowledge again. Power and godliness through knowledge. Come on. We want to know something. I want you to know some things. I need to know some more things. We need to know, to know in our knower. huh? Where's your knower? It's not up here. It's in here in your spirit. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world through strong desire or lust. Partaker. 
How many of y'all going to eat lunch today? You're a partaker at lunch. Um, you're partaking. You're a partaker. We need to be partaker of God, right? We need to partake of his word. We need to make sure that, that we eat correctly. We need to make sure that we know what we're eating. Yeah. And so let's go to number one. Everyone starts with milk. Milk it does a body good. Pass it on. Remember that commercial? Milk. Well, what in the world does the Bible call milk? What's it talking about? And so we're going to break it down a little bit. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, as, as newborn babes desire the pure milk or the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious. So we need, to, we need to grow up and we need to take milk. There are babies in the room and there are babies that all they can have is milk. And then they, they work in some little baby food and it's mashed up. They don't get steak and potatoes and asparagus unless it's been through a blender. And there are some of you that need more milk. And there are some of you who need more asparagus and steak and chicken. And we all want steak and chicken. Even, the, the, even a baby can smell steak and chicken and start whining because it smells good and it makes them hungry, right? So it doesn't matter if you're a babe in Christ today or if you're mature. You know what? We need to grow. All of us need to grow. Let me get back here so I don't ring. And so look underneath on your notes, A. A. Milk represents the foundation in Christ. That's why you got a sheet today. Milk, the milk of the word is who you are in Christ. Hebrews 5, 12. And it says, for though... By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. The scripture. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, mature, that is those who by reason of use practice and have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The word of God shows us what's good and what's evil. The world will tell you that evil's good and good is evil. Look at it now. It's ugly to be a Christian according to the world. Righteousness, do what feels good and just do it. Who cares who you walk on, step on, and cross over? Hmm. The world says can everything you get and bury it in the backyard. Jesus said, I'll give so you can give, and I'll give you more. Boy, that's opposite of the world, isn't it? So, so as we're looking at this, and I'm not trying to be mean to anybody today. I'm trying to stir you. It's time to grow up. Milk. Milk is to help us grow. Look, I handed out a sheet out, and it says our position in Jesus. I've done this before, but it went in the garbage last time. Just kidding. Look at it. Look at it right quick. In Christ's realities, there are 92 of them. All right, quit looking at them. Can anybody yell at one for me? Anybody know? Any man being Christ, what? We've been justified by faith in Christ. 
Why do you need to know these things? Because the devil tells you you're not in Christ. It, it doesn't, it, he doesn't care about you, and you know what? He's trying to pull you out of the peace of God. Isn't what we heard? So, so look at number one. In Jesus, I have life, and that life is the light of men. Huh? Number two, in Jesus, I have eternal life. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, I'm a child of God. I have eternal life. If you don't shore up your faith, the enemy's going to come in. I don't, he's going to say, you're not even saved. Hey, are you brave enough to raise your hands? The devil ever told you that? Yeah, ask me. He's a liar. A liar. If you've given your life to God, listen, I'm going to pick on Grace. Grace is here from college. Good to see you, Grace. You know what? You finished the course at college, and they're going to give you a diploma, right? And it's going to be a piece of paper that you uh, finished the course, you ran the race, and you're going to be a whatever, a, an Indian chief. But you have the paper. Listen to me, Christian. The Bible says as a child of God that you have a seal. Let's call it a tattoo on your spirit, on your heart, and on your arm. You have been marked. If you're not sure you're saved, then you need, to, you need to get your heart full of the Word of God. You need to get strengthened, okay? Because we're going to break some more things down. Why? Why do we need to do that? So look at B. Salvation is a journey. Did you know that, that the Bible talks about the children of Israel went to the, they left Egypt and went to the promised land? Do you know that God called it the promised land? He called it a land of milk, milk and honey 20 times. 20 times, a land of milk and honey, a land of milk and honey, a land of milk and honey. He took them out of Egypt. To a land of milk and honey. Let's read, let's read one of them here uh, in Deuteronomy 27.2. And it shall come to pass on the day when you cross over Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, that you shall set up yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime, and you shall write on them the words of this law which you have crossed over, when you have crossed over, that you may enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you. Now, I just explained milk is who you are in Christ. Milk is who they were in God. How about honey? Mm, look at honey. Honey represents uh, delight, joy, health, blessing, provision, prosperity, Huh? Honey? How about an easy one? It's grace. Woo! When you know the grace of God, you're wealthy. You're wealthy. But a half of us can't stand up and tell us what the grace of God is. They won't say unmerited favor. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. And so, so look, look at just for a little bit. Let me show you a couple of things uh, about the word of God is honey. In Psalms 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to my soul and health to my bones. 
Come on, the word of God brings health. Ezekiel uh, had a vision where he went to heaven and they had a scroll with God's word on it and they said, take and eat it. And when he ate it, he said, it tastes like honey. We all need a little honey. So let's talk about this just a minute. Salvation's a journey. I've told the story many times of how the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Egypt is the world. Egypt is slavery. Egypt is bondage, bondage to sin. And God delivered them from sin and took them through the Red Sea, which is baptism, took them to the journey to get God's word, to fill up on the word of God, and then go to the promised land of milk and honey. Do you know it's about 11 to 15 day journey? They didn't make it. Because God got them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them. You ever met a drug addict that gets delivered and goes back? How many of you ever read the story where they said, I wish we were back in Egypt? What is that about? They didn't know who they were. They don't know who they are in Christ or in God. How many of you know that when Moses went up on the mountain and got the Ten Commandments, that everybody was supposed to go up? Ooh, we're not going. We're not going. Did you know that everybody over 30 didn't make it into the promised land? You see Christians not making it into the promised land today because of things they will not let go of or the things they are not founded in. They don't know the milk of the word. They just live by, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Eh. Wrong answer. God wants you to have, and he wants you to go after it. He wants you to be a partaker. If you want something from God, you got to find the promise and be a partaker of it. What are you eating? Well, our family's never uh, been blessed. You're eating the wrong stuff right there. Your words are powerful. We might talk about that. You, you know, and how is, it, how is it that our mentality is that we want to live in that mentality? I mean, look, look you ever met an alcoholic and, and he denied he was drinking? Are you drunk, sir? I ain't had a drink in years. You know, and he smells like, you know, you can smell it on him. He's been drinking and he can't stand up straight. But how about us as Christians? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good does not pull the power of God, God into your life. Because God wants you more than good. God wants you awakened to him and to the things of God. You look at the journey, see, they, we just read it. When they cross in, they're supposed to whitewash these rocks and write the law on it. How many of you know that everybody that died in the wilderness before their children went in, they knew the law? But they couldn't handle it. They couldn't receive it. They wouldn't change. They wouldn't repent. Let's talk real quick. This is just a little bit of side note. Anybody ever heard about the prodigal son? Went to his daddy, said, I want my, my money, and I'm leaving. And his daddy gave him a third of the money. He went off, and he parted. And you know what? He ended up, he lost everything. A famine came. He's feeding hogs. Guess what? He's in the pig pen. Standing in the pig poop. You ever, been, you ever been in a pig pen? 
Yeah, it's nasty. And he repented. But it didn't change his circumstances. He had to move. He had to change. See, repentance is a change of mind, but it's also, that's just part of it. You got to move back to God. You Because I know hundreds of people, and even myself, I've done something, and I did it again, and oh, Lord, I repent. And then I did it again. I didn't move. You have got to move away from it. You can't go back to the world and expect God to bless you. Come on, I'm on, there's kids in here, but I'm going to say this real quick. What in hell do you want? Quit going back there. That's death. We're moving towards life. It's a journey. Every part of us is moving towards the life of God. We can't go back to the world. We can't, we can't live like the world lives and expect God's blessing, expect God to live a long life and live like the world. I know this is, this is kind of tough. This is like, hey, come on. We want to go forward. I want to move forward with God. Amen. See, the children of Israel never made it to the promised land. There are Christians that never make it because they're like that guy. Hallelujah. They don't have anything. That dude didn't have nothing. Pop. Well, what happened? I said hallelujah three times. Mm-mm. Prepare. Prepare. Repent. Repent is a change of mind, folks. It's not to mean that you've done sin. Come on, we're always repenting. When I find out my thinking and my life is not lining up with the word, I want to change. And it doesn't mean that I'm in sin. I just need to change. Amen. See, the Bible says that God repented. His character didn't change. He goes, I'm not going to do that now. He changed his, what he was going to act. Come on, if repentance is not... For, Jesus would have to change his words. When he wrote in Revelation to the five churches, five, seven of them, five of them had to repent. That doesn't mean they were in sin. They weren't doing what's right. They were lazy. They were sleeping too long. They were playing with the world. Huh? And so we got to change our thinking the way God thinks. And we, it's time to get into the word. Amen. It's time to know who we are. Look, listen, you need to be able to quote some of this stuff. You need to be able to get it. You put it in your heart. What if they take you come in and confiscate your gun? What if they confiscate your Bible? Do you have enough word in you to live by? Huh? If they took everything off YouTube and you couldn't have a Bible on your phone, you can't have a Bible in your house, do you have enough word in you? Do you know who you are? Would you fall away and quit? Not saying you wouldn't go to heaven. You wouldn't be a light anymore. You wouldn't be salt of the earth. I know this is tough, but this is a wake up. We're in the last days. We're in the last days. We need to be prepared. You saying we need to buy food, Pastor? Probably. You need to have some store food. Yeah. Ammo? Probably. But really, we need to store up on the word of God because God's the one's our protector. God's the one's our source. God's the one who we need to follow. We need to wake up. We're in the last days. And you were born to live in these days. God created you to live right now and to face whatever junk's coming down the road. It could, be, uh, it could get better next year. It could get worse. 
but I don't care. I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to live by God's ways, God's word. Is any, any, anybody with me? So, so, so what you see on TV in the news, that's not God. Well, they said this on CNN. Eh, that's not God. And you know what? You can survive without watching the news. <laughs> what did you hear about this? Nope. My mama goes, well, well you need to know that. No, I don't. Because you know what? I'm in this bubble of grace. I'm in the bubble of the grace of God. And I've got the spirit of God that's going to tell me and direct me and guide me and lead me. And the more I know the word, the more he'll tell me the things that are going to come. He'll prepare me. I may not know what's coming, but I'm prepared because his word's in me and it's preparing me. It's showing me who I am and I don't have to be afraid to die. The most dangerous people in the world are those who are not afraid to die. And you need to get to that place where you're not afraid to die. Man, the fear of death ruled over me for a long, long time. It was put in me as a kid. But we have to take dominion over even the fear of death. We're going to live it forever anyway. This is the hardest we're going to have it. That's why we can smile in the, in the face of trouble. Ha, you're nothing. Because I'm going to live with God forever. And you know what? But I need to take as many people. We're called to make disciples. And we're to take as many people with us. That's why you're here. You're on the earth. It's not because you're a nurse, doctor, lawyer, whatever. You make money. Or because you're a grandparent or a parent, you're here to make disciples. And parent and grandparent, those kids are the place to start. But you're also called to make disciples everywhere we go. And you can't make a disciple if you don't know who you are. The professors that are teaching her, they know what they are teaching. The people who make Marines have been Marines. How will they know unless somebody preaches the gospel? How will they turn unless somebody tells them? I'm telling you, but you got to go tell them. Unless you bring them here, I'll tell them. But we only have one hour for me to tell. You got to tell. You got to start living. Amen, amen? So we're all in a journey. And when we find out we've missed it or we turned our way, we need to go back. We repent and go back to God. And God's like, come on back. Remember the prodigal son. His father looking for him said, come on, son, come on, son. And he gave him a ring, which was the authority and the provision and the name. You have been named. You have been bought with a price. And that seal I'm talking about, it says Jesus bought. Huh? You're a child of God. Say it with me. I'm a child of God. I've been bought and paid for. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. Now, now real quick, in the, in the prodigal son, the son that stayed home, Ben was mad at his daddy throwing a party because his son came back. How I many is that people in church? Well, who do they think they are? They've been on drugs all their life coming in here. We don't want people like that in here. That is so wrong. And that, that young man was living at home and in bondage. And he goes, man, and he wouldn't come into the party. And this is what he said. And this is a part of repentance. The Holy Ghost put this on me here. So let's just go with it. He said, Daddy, I have never, never not obeyed you and done everything you said. 
Never, and he didn't admit he'd done anything wrong. And he goes, and you've never given me anything. If you read the story, he gave both of them. He gave the younger one a third, and he gave the older one the two-thirds. It don't say a third and third, but that's what most scholars believe. But he said he divided it between them. He goes, you've been with me always. Everything that I have is yours. Now, in that story, the father represents God. We know that Jesus never leaves us nor forsakes us. But he said, son, you've been with me. Christian, if you are with God, everything that he has is yours. Amen. So let's go, to the last, let's go to our last point. The meat of the word matures us. It takes maturity to walk in everything God has for you. Look at somebody and say, it's time to grow up. Because God has great and mighty things for you, and you are missing out on them. You're missing out on them. He has the honey. Now, now it doesn't mean, you know, listen, when my dad passed away, I, I could have been broke down and cried and said, but I had this bubble of grace I'm talking about. I had the, the life of God around me, and I preached the sermon and everything else. I did the whole thing. And, and I cried one time when somebody said, you know what, it's God that you, you're there. And I said, I'm, that's it. God. God. God know where he was at. He's in heaven. I really can't, I'm kind of jealous. Because I can't wait. But I still have things to do. Paul said, I'm betwixt and between. I could go on. I, I need to stay for, I'm going to stay for your sake. But he goes, whoo, it's looking better and better every day. Then I, but our mentality, well, you, you just got a death wish? No. Because you don't die in God. You, you pass from this life into the next. Amen. Your spirit never dies. So the meat of the word matures us. The meat of the word gives us more. The meat of the word shows us what we can have and how we're supposed to act and what we're supposed to do. How I many you know you got a calling on your life? I'm not talking about being a preacher. But there are giftings in you that you have not even opened the door to. If you are the house of God, look at your house. How many closets are in your house? How many rooms are in your house? How many rooms are in you that you've never let God in or you've never walked in and it was a gift that God gave you? Man, oh man, I, I know guitar players and Louisiana's known for guitar players and there's some guitar players that are phenomenal that never even stepped on the stage. I mean, I know athletes that could have been professional that never pursued it, gave up, got on drugs, did something stupid or different, and they could have been a professional athlete. They were gifted. But how about spiritual gifting? That's really what I want to talk about. Let's look at the Word. In Hebrews 6.1, I'm going to read this in the message. So you can read it off the screen with me as we read this. So come on. It says, so come on. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. I'm sorry, but our position in Christ is the finger painting. I mean, it's powerful. But God wants us to go to the next level and then to the next level and to the more and to the more. So it's, it's grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. 
turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust toward God. Baptismal instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. God helping us will stay true to all that, but there is so much more. Let's get on with it. Well, what is all that? What is all that and what is it talking about? It's time to grow up. We need to have the basic foundational truths in place. We need to know who we are. Listen, okay, let's just go through some of them. You can't believe God will heal you when you, came, when you do not believe you're a child of God. You can't believe God will heal you when you think God's looking to punish you and bop you over the head when you do something wrong. And that's not God. If you follow your children around and beat them over the head every time they do something wrong, they're going to run away as soon as they can get there. And that's the way most Christians live. They're afraid of God and they're hiding and ducking. You can't hide from God. You cannot hide from God. So get over that and get over your bad thoughts. Everybody thinks bad thoughts. Just say, Father, forgive me these bad thoughts and fill it up with the word of God. God's not rejecting you because you got bad thoughts. Him and Jesus are the only ones that don't have bad thoughts, and maybe the angels. But we have bad thoughts because we're in this world. Somebody took the loaf of bread out of your buggy or the toilet paper. Y'all heard that joke, right? It's 2035. Not 2020, it's 2035, and Johnny celebrated that he used the last roll of toilet paper as bought during the coronavirus of 2020. <laughs> get off of my thought here the, listen listen to me God is for you God is not against you God is on your side but if you don't believe that you can't believe for healing you'll always be wishy-washy with your salvation you know I said something the other to the class I think it was Wednesday you know some people will make it to heaven with a gown of salvation and some people will make it with a robe of righteousness what's the difference Somebody that got saved and never served God or die on their deathbed got saved, they get a gown of salvation. But people like you who have served God their whole life and push, push, push forward to grow and mature, they got a robe of righteousness. And it even says that we get crowns because of the things we did. God's a rewarder. In Hebrews eleven six. this is the key. If you believe in God, you must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what we're talking about, diligent, diligently seeking God. Man, if I gave you a brand new pickup truck and you never drove it and it's set in your driveway, it's a waste, isn't it? How many of you know the word of God can be a waste to people? They never use it. They never read it. They never, I can't understand it. It's written on eighth grade level. Get a different translation. You can understand. Listen to me. Say it with me. I was made to understand the Word of God. I was created to hear God's voice. Well, I've never heard God's voice, Pastor. It's because you don't know how to listen or you haven't pursued. Listen, I don't know. When I first tried to start hearing God's voice, I'm trying with all my might. And I'm like, Lord, just speak to me, Lord. I just want to hear your voice. Because the first time I ever heard my pastor, 
uh, I, I grew up in a Baptist church. They never talked about God speaking to you. And then I went to uh, 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 my pastor's church, uh, Assembly of God, and he goes, well, the Lord spoke to me this week. And I said, what? You got to be kidding me. God spoke to you. Come on now. And then I said, well, Lord, if you've ever spoke to me, show me. And over the next two weeks, he began to show me and show me and show me. And I thought I was arguing with myself, but I was arguing with God. Because I would get this thought that sounded like me. It came from inside me. And I thought, well, I ain't doing that. The Lord, Because the voice came out and said, how about moving to this city? I'm like, I ain't moving here. You got to be crazy. Well, where did that come from? It was God telling me to move. I lived there in a year and a half. I was moved, lived there. I moved there. I was living there. Let me get my English right. But anyway, listen to me. God's wanting to speak. Develop. How many of you ever asked God to speak to you, speak to you, speak to you? You didn't hear, didn't hear, didn't hear. Next day or two days later, you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, it just drops into you. Because we can't hear with our flesh. We have to hear with our spirit. And we have to develop how we hear and what we hear and recognize, wait, that was God. That's God right there. Now we know his voice. Now we know how he speaks to us. Because we wouldn't it be just wonderful, God went, Jeff Lyerly. <laughs> yes, Lord. But he doesn't. He wants to lead you by faith. He wants to speak to you with that still, small voice or maybe the witness of peace. How about peace, being led by peace? Let me read another scripture. This is our last one. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7, and this is the Passion Translation. It says, so devote yourself to lavishly, lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness add understanding, and to understanding add the strength of self-control. Self-control brings strength. That just jumped off the page at me. Self-control. If you can learn self-control, you'll be the strongest person in the room. And to self-control, patience, which is endurance. And to patience, endurance, add godliness. And to godliness, add mercy towards your brothers and sisters and mercy towards others and unending love. Real quick, I'm going to jump back to that scripture we read right before. And it said, moving on from salvation, that's our foundation, turning into trust towards God. How many of you say, I believe God? I'm going to try to trust God. Remember I told the story, this, is sing, this girl's in a singing group. And her parents raised her in church. Her parents, they, she was Christian from a child. And she said, you answer the phone, say, I believe God. Not, hello, how are you? Hello. She answered the phone, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. What is that about? Training herself to believe God. And they would call her up and test her. Hello. Is that the way you're supposed to answer the phone? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot. But you need to train yourself to believe God. Believe God for what? How about miracles? Uh, how about healings? How about words of knowledge? That God, 
would speak to you about somebody's past and you could tell it to them and, and, and bring that God did that and bring them to salvation. How about words of knowledge that God tell you about the future? And we were supposed to go to Roanoke this week and my wife said, uh-uh, we're not going. I don't get a witness on going today. Because what is that witness? We don't know what ha- would have happened, but we knew not to go. Come on. How, how, about, how, about, how about that God would speak to you? How about can you believe? Can you trust God and believe God that he'll speak to you and lead you and guide you? That he'll give you words to speak when someone asks you, tell me about this Jesus. And that he will give you boldness to believe. And then it goes on and says laying on of hands. Oh, it says baptisms. Let me know there's three baptisms. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. Then you get baptized in water. And it's not always in this order. But then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Consumed by the presence of God. Filled with God. You need to pursue that. You need to go after that. I've had so many people say, well, I asked God for that. And, you know, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and I just never get it. So he just don't want me to have it. That's like eating down at a table with all kinds of stuff at Thanksgiving with the family. And nobody's spoon feeding you. So you think, well, they just don't want me to have it. Well, you better get out of the way. You go to my family reunion. My brother's a professional eater. He'll eat what's on your plate. You don't watch it. You need to be a partaker. You need to be a partaker of baptisms and then laying on of hands. What is that? Paul told Timothy to not neglect the gifts that were put in you by the laying on of hands. The Bible says that we lay hands on the sick and they recover. When's the last time you laid hands on somebody? You better be laying hands on your children. And the hardest people to, to, (coughs) excuse me, the hardest miracles to receive is the ones when you're looking at that every day. You're looking at that problem. Maybe you were born into it. Maybe they were born into it. And it's so hard to break that thinking. But bless God, you need to declare a miracle. You're getting better every day. Miracle, miracle, miracle. Healing, healing, healing. And do not grow weary in well-doing. What happens is we, we, won't, we, we won't go through McDonald's. Lord, I need it. Well, Lord, I'm getting out of this line. They, they, I hadn't got it yet. I'm getting out. He must not want me to have it. I'm getting out of this line. Why do I keep saying that? He must not want me to have it because that goes back to the foundation. You don't know who you are and what God wants for you. God loves you. God's for you. God's got your back. But God wants you to do it his way. God wants you to have understanding of his word. God, God wants you to be, to be shored up. And God's pushing us to grow up in righteousness. How about resurrection of the dead? How about physical resurrection? But how about when we die, we're going straight to heaven. Then, then you should not be afraid to die. Bless God, if I die, I'm going to heaven. And you'll be doing a dance. I can't dance, but man, I will be able to in heaven. Most people believe that they're going to be able to sing when they get to heaven. I believe they will too. Come on. Resurrection of the dead. Do you know people have been raised from the dead? 
that God will show you things and, and see you things, give you things in the spirit. Here's the key to faith. You got to believe it in here before you ever get it out here. You got to believe it in here before you ever get it out here. Back up and I'm going to close. When I said that all of us can hear God's voice, if you're a child of God in here, wave at me if you're a child of God, you have heard God's voice or you wouldn't have gotten saved. Huh? You got saved because God called you, wooed you by the Holy Spirit, and you said, I need to give my heart to God. He drew you. You heard his voice, and you said, I need to give my heart to God, my life to God, and he speaks to you the same way. Now chase after that. Every one of us heard the call. Every one of us had that draw in our heart. I need to give my life to God. God speaks to you. You need to develop your hearing. Amen, amen? Last, and I said that was it. Eternal judgment. Oh, Lord, let's not talk about judgment. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. You're a child of God. You're going to be on the good side. We're going to be over here with the sheep. And we're going to be, the eternal judgment's on, on the devil and whoever follows him. So don't be afraid of Judgment. Judge me, Lord, right now. Cleanse me. Help me. You need to embrace judgment. Lord, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? Help me, Lord. Amen? Let me pray over you. Father, we thank you for your word today that you begin to stir in us, Lord God. Great and mighty things, Lord God. Who we are, what we're supposed to be. To be prepared, Lord God. Not just uh, to, to live this life, but for things to come. Lord, there's all kinds of fear out there, fear of sickness and disease, fear of, of economy, fear of politics. Lord, we lay all those things aside and we ask you to stir in our hearts. Thank you, Father, that you stir in our hearts, that you draw us. Thank you, Lord, that you draw us. I speak peace. Come on. I, I, God, God don't want you to hold on to bitterness. If you've got bitterness in your heart, it's time to let it go. Let me back up. If you don't know Jesus, would you just raise your hand and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today? I trust everybody's in here as a child of God. But let me ask you this. Maybe you gave God your heart a long time ago and you haven't heard his voice and you haven't been living for him. Today is today to come back. And if that's you and you need to give your heart to God fresh and new, will you just lift your hands? Say, pray for me, Pastor. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Come on, God's speaking to some of you. There's more. Then let's do it together. Let's pray. Father, I come to give you my life fresh and new, stirring my heart. Renew my strength, my faith in you. You are my strength, my shield. And your word says that you won't cast me out, but you call me back. Thank you, Father, for drawing me back today in Jesus' name. So this week, come on, this week, take that sheet. 
Find out who you are in Christ. That you have right, you right. You know what righteousness means? You have right standing with God. Not because you're good and right, because Jesus was good and right, and you're washed in his blood. Remember last Sunday we learned if you've been washed, you've been washed and forgotten. It's been forgotten. Cleansed. What well, a pastor, you don't know what. Then repent. Come on. And move away from that. You know, if certain things pull you down, get away from it. That's when the Bible says if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Maybe it's your neighbor. You might need to move. Quit hanging out with them. They pull you down. If CNN or Fox is pulling you down, get out. Cut that TV off. 